We've all heard of organisations that work to give young people with cancer a chance to forget their pain and worries at least for a few days or even a few hours with some fun and relaxation. But what about the grown-ups? Is there anything available for just a few hours to help them forget their problems? Well, until a couple of years ago, there didn't seem to be anything. And then my guest of today, Judith Taylor, came up with the idea of Bald and Beautiful. Judith, it's great to have you back on the program and indeed to have you in the station. And thanks for coming in. Thanks so much, Iris. What made you realise that adults were missing out? It was through my observation, my mother has had cancer for five years and at that stage um, I'd spent a lot of time going up to the Mater Hospital and I realised that whilst the treatment is wonderful, we, we have a fantastic centre in Newcastle, we've got fabulous drugs, fabulous doctors and fabulous services, but I realised that there was a gap in terms of when the people receive their treatment, they then go home and they they feel very sick, very alone, very unimportant. They think that nobody cares. And then to make matters worse, their hair falls out. Mm, and this is a, a great trauma to a lot of them, of course. Well, when I've spoken to a number of people up there, they actually tell me that as bad as the chemo is, when your hair falls out, that's even worse in terms of how you feel about yourself. So these people are really uh, going home and withdrawing into a little little shell. They don't want to be seen. I know there's wigs and scarves and things, but they're, they're not feeling the best. So uh, this sort of gave you the first idea and off you went. Well, it certainly did. How did it get its name? Simply because you're looking for, after people who have lost their hair in particular... Um, and it's to make them feel good. Is that how we got its name? Absolutely, yes. It was a, a quirky little name that, that came up, and people who come along to Bald and Beautiful Day may not necessarily be bald. Not every treatment causes your hair mm. to fall out, or someone might be in remission or their hair has grown back or whatever, but they certainly come out feeling and looking beautiful. So how many people are involved in getting all this up and running each year? We have a, a foundation with seven directors and believe it or not, we work tirelessly for a full year to put on one day. I know that sounds a little outrageous, but that's what it takes because there are so many components that go towards putting the day together. It's held at West Leagues Club in the Starlight Room and that's perfect for what we want to do because we have the lower floor area for everyone to sit on tables and chairs and then the circular area up around the top is where all the pampering takes place and then at the same time on the stage we have entertainment and we have a 14 piece big band which is just great entertainment mm. for people. We're going to have some dancing demonstrations. The uh, children from the Hunter School of Performing Arts, it's really important to include the, the children so that they can actually see what they're, uh, what they're doing for, for mm. the adults in terms of, um, well, giving them a feel good. Yeah. Uh, we have catering on the day, which is very important as well to make sure that we're providing some, some good, healthy uh, good healthy food and uh, yeah the day just goes splendidly well. Judith after the show is over do you take any break at all before you start planning the next year? Probably. Two weeks. 
<laughs> Julie, tell me more about this break. Well, we have a break of about two weeks where we try and recover our, ourselves again. We also have a, just a celebration amongst the little group. Then we do an evaluation. And we also do a ring around of all the people involved with Bald and Beautiful so that we can ascertain, you know, are the aims, are the purposes of what we've been doing been fulfilled? How can we make it better? So we put all of that information together. That, that was a phone ring around last year. It's been a written evaluation in previous years. <clears throat> Once we get all the information together, then we say, okay, what's this telling us? And then we do some strategic planning and we look at our future. And, and one of the purposes of Bald and Beautiful is to grow it, not just mm. Newcastle, but how to make it bigger um, in other areas or better in other areas too. So we do that. And we're on the road. You've actually got another branch started? We haven't got another branch started, but we've got interest uh, from the Inverell area and um, perhaps from the Singleton area, we're hoping to start something up there as well. Oh, that would be good. It would be great. Yeah, Yeah, it's part of the the, uh, essential aims of Bald and Beautiful is Mm. to grow it nationally. Well, let's hope it gets that far. Yes. Tell me, how much has evolved, Judith, from that very first day when you had what 35 people or thereabouts the first day? Well yes I do remember that first year when uh, we were about a fortnight out and there were three people booked in it was quite concerning (laughs) and of course 35 people came along and had a wonderful wonderful day. Last year we had 110 guests and this year we're catering for 150 so of course it's very important to get the word out to to people and quite often we have found that there are everyone knows someone who has cancer and who would enjoy a day like this and there are quite a few examples of people phoning up and Mm -hmm paying the $20 to come along for that other person and that way they don't even have to worry about it themselves. Towards the end of the program, I'll get some phone numbers off you and and a few more details. Now, you talked about having pedicures, manicures, all those sorts of things. The people who give this service... Are they are they professionals or trainees or they they're a mixture of both. We actually are really conscious of the state that um, a lot of our people our guests are in when they come. Uh, so we have an infection control briefing on the day, mm-hmm. and that's a professional who does that. Uh, we have a lot of people from around the Newcastle area who do the pampering in a professional way all the time, and then we also encourage. TAFE, WEA and Advanced Career College to send along their students so they're briefed and they're under supervision the whole time as well so that's encouraging them they love coming along, their comments are always so positive, it gives them a great deal of joy to be there So, uh, and Tanya Blundell is our Pampa Director and she's organised about 100 people from the Newcastle area to come in and do that hands on work which is pretty amazing You're listening to Wellbeing and today we're talking about Bald and Beautiful. Girls, this this year will be your fourth year. When you first started, Judith, did you think that it would go on that well? Or was that your distant aim or were you sure that it would take on? Absolutely. I had no doubt. And right from word go, my big picture, and it still is, that Bald and Beautiful becomes Australia-wide. I've never had, I've never deviated from that path. I'm not saying that it's been easy because it hasn't. And of course, with anything, 
money is always a problem. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a problem finding people who will contribute. In fact, the contributions are quite amazing. We did some numbers on the costs last year and the services and products that were provided were to the value of $70,000. Wow, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of people contributing yeah, their professional it? time, their services and their products. Mm. And it is an enormous amount for one day. But we also need operating costs too. It costs us about $10,000 to, to run the day. Mm. And we do have some uh, really generous, caring donors who help us there. But we're always seeking more, of course, and part of the work we do <laughs> is to go and give talks mm. and uh, to encourage people to be involved. That's obviously working. So how do you get your equipment? Do you sort of go to the, to the manufacturers or, or how do you source them? Well, Tanya Blundell, our Pampa director, actually does that. She rings up people and uh, not only asks and they provide services, but we've got a few key people in Newcastle who are happy to provide product as well. Mm. And, you know, some people contribute two and $3,000 worth of product. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's not just the product, the oils and the makeup and things, but it's also uh, we need hygiene products as well so that there's no cross-infection. Mm. We are very, you know, we're very conscious of that. Yeah. Yeah, particularly because uh, cancer patients are very vulnerable to picking up mm. infections. Their and immune systems are yeah, down, so that's right. we, that is uh, at a high consciousness level for us. Yeah, so you get things like throwaway nail files and, yes, and those sorts all of, of things. That. Yeah. Mm. In general, what sort of response do you get from people you sort of go to cap in hand? That's probably not the right expression, but you, you know what I mean. We, we quite often find that... We can go and talk to a group, and it's very interesting because they'll come back using similar words to what we use, which is things along the lines of, uh, well, we all know someone who has cancer, or I have a member in my family who has cancer, and I can just imagine what a great day this would be. Or it might be someone who's no longer with us, mm. and they reflect and they say, wow, if only this had have been available for my mother or sister or cousin, mm. whatever. And they can really see the, the benefits of it. But it's actually not until people come along on the day that it really has the impact. And that was the thing we were saying before about the pamperers. They come along, some of them are, are young girls from mm. and boys mm. from TAFE, and they've never experienced anything like this before. And what they think they're coming along for is just a day of doing what they do best, mm. which is their pampering that they're being trained for. But what they go away with is this amazing sense of giving of how much they're actually contributing to someone else. And that's something that you can't put a price on. It's also something that seems to be fairly unique in Newcastle, Newcastle's capacity to, to give and keep giving. Mm. In fact, I rang a lady last year who runs a wig service, a mobile wig service in Sydney, and because we weren't sure if we could get the wig library to attend on the day. Mm. And she's, she laughed at me and she said... Well, why would I come to Newcastle and sell my wigs when you have a wonderful wig library at the Martyr? And they give their wigs to people. They lend them out. So mm. she said, um, I think you're so well served. But she said it's typical of the feeling in Newcastle. Mm. And Newcastle is a special community in that way. The wig service at the Martyr, that's available for 
for anyone that's going through a treatment? That's right, yes. It's available for for free mm. for anyone who is going through treatment. They can go up to the wig library and be fitted for a wig or mm. if they don't want a wig, scarves or, or whatever. And they're mm. shown how to wear hats and, and things. We're actually considering having a, a little uh, fashion parade this year at Bald and Beautiful. Oh, that would be oh, good. Headgear and scarves. Mm. So we have the lady to come in and we're going to uh, choose some... Uh, wonderful people to display those for us. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn something all the time, don't you? We talked about scarves and things. Do the do the men ever front up for for wigs? No, they don't. And again, that's when the men are are missing out. There mm-hmm. really is very little for the men, and we love to see the men come along because they seem to enjoy it more than the women. If there's such a thing, mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. have an absolute ball. I guess in some ways women are more inclined to to accept it because they go and have hairdos and they go for makeup and they buy makeup where a, a fellow wouldn't go out usually to buy perhaps more than aftershave lotion that sort of thing so to have them presented in a different way must be you know quite appealing to them I think there's a perception uh, as uh, for many women in particular, that they don't want to be seen as bald unless they're really young and they look magnificent with a bald head. However, two years ago, we had a young woman who came to Bald and Beautiful Day and as she walked through the door, she just pulled off her wig and she felt proud to be bald because she knew she was in a an atmosphere where people accepted her and she was there to have a good four hours of fun and pampering. And she did. She walked out looking taller and happier and stronger than when she came in. And I guess you couldn't get a better recommendation than that, can you? Mm. You talked about um, going for four hours. You start at what time? We start at 10 and go until 2, so that way we can take into consideration morning tea and lunch and afternoon tea so that the people can go home and basically just have a piece of toast for dinner because mm. they've had a, a good meal in the, in the middle of the day. But they feel very relaxed as well. It's not just the feel-good thing. It's the, it's the relaxation. And you actually see that with the men. They just about sink into the chair when they're, when they're being um, treated. And uh, they have this lovely glowing skin from the facials that they've received and they run around showing you their fingernails, etc. And, and they just love it. You said about um, earlier on about entertainment. While they're being pampered, is the entertainment going on at the same time? It is. We have, uh, I mentioned a couple before, mm. but we have JD the Magician. Mm. We also have a couple of Newcastle's celebrities, so Tony Tamplin, The police constable will be there, Margaret McNaughton. We're having Melinda Smith open the day Mm. and even Miss Kim, but without Big Dog. And we are having we're having a belly dancer who's going to demonstrate her her brilliance as a belly dancer, and we're hoping to have some ballroom dancing as well. We are. So the, this goes on throughout the day. We do have quiet periods as well, uh, but it's important for you know music is is something that gives so many people joy. And we saw I think about three years ago, one chap was there with his wife, and she'd had cancer for a couple of years, and he came over to talk to us, and he said, "Do you?" You know, this is the first time in two years my wife's wanted to get up and dance. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Yeah, so the, just the atmosphere, you think, gives them a bit more confidence? 
It's the fact that it is a day away from sickness. There's no, mm. there's no mm. sickness there on the day. Nobody discusses anything to do with that side of things. Mm. It's all positive and we talk about wellness. Yeah. And you mentioned JD, the magician. He's a, a young lad who's he is. very much hit the spotlight of, of late. We're um, very fortunate to have him mm. come along. Just as a bit of balance, we are having Super Hubert. Oh, <laughs> he was there on the very first time, I he think. He was. He was. <laughs> He's a funny man. In fact, last year uh, there was a lady in a wheelchair who somehow became trapped in the lift and Super Hubert flew in and saved her. Really? With his cloak? And, With his and cloak and everything. The that, cloak was flying out the door and he saved the day. Isn't that wonderful? You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols. And with me today I have Judith Taylor and Julie Mitsum-York. Girls, you've told me about all the things that you're expecting to happen and, and I'm sure they will happen. How do you fit it into a day? Or you've only got four hours. Well, you ask a busy person to uh, do something and they'll fit it in. Uh, they're used to being highly organised, uh, pushing themselves that, just that bit further. But um, we do understand that uh, we have an opportunity in our life to give back to our community. Uh, we get so much from it. So you just um, organise it and pack it in. And we also have a very highly organised planning meeting and director's meeting, uh, two planning meetings a month, one director's meeting a month. And uh, we... Um, we're pa compassionate people, but we also are task-driven and we plot ourselves out a year's plan of work mm. that we do. So, you know, if we have to stay the extra mile, get up an extra hour early, stay up an extra hour at night, we will do that in order to run this because mm. we believe in it. And and I guess that's what's the the driving force for everyone who comes to to participate, not just as a provider but as the, the stage and, and the whole thing that goes with yes, it. Yes, all our evaluations uh, demonstrate uh, the wonderful compassion that human beings have and the, you know, the joy that they get themselves. I mean, one of the paths to happiness is through, through giving, although you don't do that intentionally. You have these, a value system that says this is important, so we do this. We're also, we also work with the Rotary Club of Newcastle Sunrise and the whole team is coming next Wednesday week mm -hmm. to Bald and Beautiful and they're going to be having breakfast at the venue and then they're going to be working throughout the day with us. So we have that team commitment too. So when you get it all together on the day, you'll have a set program for, for how it goes. So while people are having manicure, ped pedicures, etc., the, there's something going on at the stage at the same time. That's yeah. right. And we also, everyone knows what their role is going to be. So we have the balloon blower uppers and we have the gift bag packers mm. and we have the raffle ticket sellers and we have the people running around just making sure that someone might need a cup of tea or somebody might not be confident to go up to the manicure stand and someone mm. might say, well, look, I'll, ta I'll take you up. I'll, mm. I'll organise to fit you in, that sort of thing. So those volunteers are running around for, for the whole day, mm. but each person knows what they, what they need to be doing. In fact, we had a, 
when I mentioned before about the prostate group, who was the very first group that I spoke to, Jim Newton from the prostate group has been very supportive and he has been there every year. This year we're giving him the job as being the meter and greeter on the door because he knows everything there is to know and can direct people where they need to go and what they need to be doing. Mm. So I, I guess experience does show in, in this thing so much better than on the very first day, Judith, when everything was was faith, hope, and charity, basically. But the yeah. faith, hope, and charity keeps there. It keeps surprising us mm. every year. There was an example last year of needing towels for the beauty tra- treatments mm. or the pampering treatments. And it was very difficult. We couldn't find towels anywhere. And, and people were saying, we can't give you our towels because we need them the following morning. You know, it just wouldn't be time to wash them and clean them and, and whatever. So we can't give you our towels. And Tanya, the uh, pampering director, approached a, a laundromat and said, look, if I bring you hundreds and hundreds of towels, could you wash them by the Wednesday night and have them ready for me by Thursday morning? But we can't afford to pay you. <laughs> That was fine. It's booked in again for this year. And that's the way that we do things, by the community giving what they can. Now, you've mentioned earlier on about the husband who had his wife there, so presumably he was her carer. Mm. What about the carers? Are they involved in all of this? Do they get a chance for pampering? They do. They're invited as well because... um, the carers are, uh, they go through the journey with the people who have cancer and they're a very important support service and they need a bit of support too so we're, we're happy to have them along on the day and if we've got a spare spot they can have a massage or they can have a pedicure or a manicure and they, they can sit and enjoy the entertainment as well. What we do have, we've got a, a small team of people on the day who will be just walking around and uh, listening to the people who are there so that'll be carers as well as the guests and some of them are trained psychologists they're counsellors mm-hmm. and they provide that service too because often the care is so busy working in helping the person who has cancer that they really don't have time they become just totally consumed in their job and at times it can be very highly physical highly emotional and uh, it just consumes them so we do think that is important. And the research shows, if you look at the um, New South Wales Institute of Cancer site, uh, one of their goals is to support ca- uh, the carers of people with cancer too. Mm. Obviously, you've got such a good team. If a carer wants to come along and say, um, can I drop my partner off? Um, I want to go and do some shopping. They can do that too. They don't ha- I mean, they probably would want to but they can absolutely if they drop and run they can choose whatever they would like to do because we're we're certainly well and truly organized in terms of taking care of the uh, the guests Mm. and if the carer would like to stay with us that's fine or if they'd like to go and have four hours to themselves that's also their choice Mm. so the cost judith is what it's twenty dollars per person per person that's for the guests and and the carers we find that we need to charge that amount that that in fact doesn't even cover the catering Mm. but our running costs higher than what you would think even though we source so much of it for Mm. for free and from Mm. the community we do need to have that twenty dollar charge to help us with our costs 
Now, you, you start off with morning tea, so that's available as they walk in? That's right. Tea, tea and coffee and little snacks on, on arrival, little biscuits and, and things. I don't think we've quite finalised the menu as yet. And then a, a full buffet lunch. If they're sort of finishing off a facial, they, can, they don't have to worry they're going to miss out. They can no, just go up when they're finished. Certainly not. And even people who don't feel like walking that far, someone mm. will be there to bring them a plate of food. And then you mentioned afternoon tea as well. That's right. Yes, same again. Mm. So tea and coffee is available throughout the day or Absolutely. water or, or whatever? Tea and coffee and juice and water and there's a fruit platter. Um, Judith was very keen to make sure that there were small helpings of good food provided throughout the day because people with mm. cancer often feel they can only eat just small meals. But we wanted to make time. sure it was healthy. Mm. So they're in the whole time that they're there. Judith, Julie, I think you're, you're going great guns and... Having had you here on the on the very first time, uh, Judith, just seeing how or listening to how much it has grown from your first attempt, you must be very proud of the way it's going. Well, I I am, Iris. As I said to you, I always believed that the path was going in a certain direction. And when you attract a team of fantastic people who have totally different skills, each of the directors comes from a, a different. Uh, work environment if you like but that's actually extremely complementary and it just makes for a fabulous team that work together for the same purpose and if we can get ourselves to the stage where we are helping other people in other areas to produce bald and beautiful days in their own area then we're well and truly on that path. Now a phone number for contacts if to start off with if they want to become involved as as a helper? Are you still after people as helpers or have you got your team? If someone would like to come along as a volunteer on the day, we would love to hear from them and they could give me a call on 49674245, the more the merrier. But, of course, what we are really, really encouraging is people who could benefit from a day of fun pampering and well-being mm. to give us a call get themselves booked in and join us on the 7th of may and the number for that is 49525336 is that right yes that's right and we do need that phone call ahead of time for catering purposes what um, what's your cut off day our, we would not uh, reject anyone, so the cut-off day would be the day before, which mm. is Tuesday the 6th of May. But you'd prefer them to ring in by what, as Monday as, morning as uh, the latest? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That number again is 49525336. My guests today on Wellbeing have been Judith Taylor and Julie Midsom-York, and they are President and Founding Directors of Bald and Beautiful. Girls, thank you so much for coming in. Obviously, we wish you every success, and I know it will be a success for you. Next year, Judith, I want you back again. Tell us how it's going, what you've learnt from this time. Hopefully that you'll have other branches up and, and running by then. Bigger and better, Iris. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's program and that you've learnt something more about the community attitude of Newcastle. And until we meet again, this is Iris Nichols on behalf of us all, wishing you well.